The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. everybody to another edition of MLB DFS Quick Hits. This is your Saturday, September 2nd edition. Hope everybody had a good Friday night. Uh, the lineups were looking good for me until the Cardinals decided to score like six runs in the ninth, it felt like. And it dropped things down a little bit. Still did okay, but not as good as it could have been. The pitching, we hit pretty much all of that. It's been good the last few days. And we're hitting the pitching. The bats are there. Um, it was a good night. Good night, but not a great night. Could have been really nice. We got a five game early slate, 11 game main slate to break down for you. Your weather on the day. Very, very slight wind in Chicago between the Braves and the Cubs. Just wanted to mention it because the wind is blowing in, but very, very slight. But every little bit helps in Wrigley. Cleveland, Detroit, slight chances of rain. Toronto, Baltimore, winds blowing in from right center to center from 10 miles an hour or more. 40% chances of rain there, so keep your eye on that one. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh looks like our big time trouble spot as we've got 70% plus chances of rain. In that matchup there, Kansas City, Minnesota, wind blowing out hard to right center field, 13 plus miles an hour, which is music to our ears. You got Angels at Rangers, very, very hot. Other than that, keep an eye on whoever you follow for your weather as things can change, but that's the basics for your slate. On your 11-game evening slate, which we will break down in full, you got Reds, Pirates, 8.5, Blue Jays, Orioles, 9.5, waiting on the Royals Twins because they have a spot starter in the Royals lineup for Mr. Burger King. Danny Duffy and his DUI slash still on the DL slash, yeah, I don't know what he's thinking. But uh, an Onelki Garcia is making his first appearance since like 2013 for the Royals. You got Phillies, Marlins at 8, Rays, White Sox 8, Nationals, Brewers 8.5, Angels, Rangers 11, Mets, Astros 9, D-backs, Rockies 11.5, A's, Mariners 9. Then Dodgers and Padres are waiting on because Jordan Lyles is making a start as that is the second game of a day-night doubleheader in San Diego. you got a doubleheader in L.A., San Diego, and Mets at Houston. So keep an eye on lineups there as things can obviously change. As we saw with Cleveland yesterday, no Jose Ramirez, no Lindor in, in the evening slate, which really, really sucked. I wanted those guys badly, especially Ramirez. I, you heard on once I talked to him up yesterday. I was big on Ramirez. No dice. Um, real quick look at your five-game slate. I'm not going to go super deep. Just the pitching I target. Look at like Masahiro Tanaka. Um, everyone talks about his day-night split, so if you believe in that, stay away. But his last start wasn't a day, and it was really, really good. The guy still has amazing swinging strike stuff. 
Boston doesn't strike out a ton, but he's been very, very successful against them for the most part this year, and he's been a, a consistent pitcher. So I'm looking at him at 95. Charlie Morton, his swinging strike stuff, if he's not walking, guys, he's looking really, really good. So against that very bad Mets lineup, Morton at 91 could be your top option if you don't trust Tanaka. Lance Lynn against the Giants. We know lefties beat up Lance Lynn. The Giants have a handful of lefties. We saw what they did versus Flaherty last night, but Flaherty also got the strikeouts. That's why I love Flaherty. I don't know why they pulled him so early. I can't still wrap my head around that one. But um, Lynn at 77 is in play. Chris Stratton at 74. I don't like paying that much for Chris Stratton, but on this slate you might have to. The Cardinals offense, we saw them explode against the Giants bullpen last night. Cueto actually was half decent. Stratton's been pretty darn good his last, you know, two or three starts. If you look at him, 24-1 at, at Arizona, 15-9 at home against Milwaukee, 35-4 at the Nationals. So some good offenses, some good hitting environments right there. So keep an eye on Stratton. It's, it's a steep price tag, but is an option. And then down below, you're looking at guys like Clayton Richard against the Dodgers, especially the lineup dependent there. But Knock on wood, he's about a 10-point or more guy on average, 2, 4, 6. And his set, last seven starts, 9.1 or higher. So you're gonna, if you get double digits at 5,700, you'll take that one. And then if you want to really, really gamble, Lucas Sims, prospect for the Braves, 5,600 at the Cubs. It's risky because it's at the Cubs. But his last three starts, he's looked like the prospect they expected. At Colorado in Coors, 10.5. Then home against Seattle, 22.5. And then at Philadelphia, a good hitting environment at 14.9. So you could, if you want to take the risk, it's there. It's extremely risky. But, heck, you saw what Fulte did yesterday. Fulte was phenomenal, and the Cub won the game 2 to nothing. Fulte was really, really good. Not saying Sims is going to be that good, but he's got the potential to be that good. And on a five-game slate, like I always talk about, you got to be more contrarian than normal on your GPPs to go that route. So Tanaka, Morton up top, Lynn Stratton in the middle, Richard Sims down below. That's kind of where I'd be going on that. If you don't trust Tanaka against Boston or you want the K upside, you go Morton over Tanaka. Tanaka is just knock on wood. I'd probably jinx it. It seems to be more consistent these days than Morton, but they're both very good options. Lynn and Stratton, that's your, that's your coin toss right there. They're both good, both volatile pitchers, very volatile. And then you got Richard Sims. just depends on which – you're attacking the Dodgers or you're attacking the Cubs. You pick your poison, basically. Um, so that's your day slate. If you're looking at bats, I don't hate some of the bats versus Lester. It sucks they don't have Brandon Phillips anymore, but like a, a Matt Kemp, Freeman's always in play. But Kemp and uh, maybe the catching option of Suzuki or Flowers behind the dish. See what else they put out there. Dansby Swanson depends on where he hits in the order. I don't want his eight hitting Swanson preferably. But uh, mix and match there and see what you got. You know the likes of uh, – I don't mind the Giants and the Cardinals bats if you're fading them. San Diego versus Brock Stewart can be very nice. Your Azuya Hay is your Solarte. Solarte now has shortstop eligibility, so you can play Azuya Hay and Solarte together, which makes me very happy. So you can put those two in your lineup: Spangenberg, you know, Perella, Margot. All these guys are in play for you. Myers, I, I never mention him because he, he just doesn't get it done. So he's he's extremely tilting. Uh, outside of that, you know, you could go Cubs against uh, Sims. You can go uh, what you call it: the Dodgers versus Richard. Don't mind any of those options, like. Kiki Hernandez versus a lefty. Justin Turner's crushing lefties. Puig, Forsyth. Uh, maybe Barnes is behind the dish. There's lots of options there. you got to wait for the lineups and a doubleheader. And then Matt Harvey's making his re- return for the Mets in game one. So look at those Houston bats. They should be the chalk of the day. They should be. Um, 
If not, the Cubs might be. Yeah, don't forget the Cubs versus Sims. If you're not using Sims, feel free to use the Cubs. Just don't be surprised. Sims is not a horrible pitcher, just a young pitcher. So there's hiccups uh, more often than a, a veteran, obviously. But um, Matt Harvey's coming back. And yeah, we like to target Matt Harvey. So pay attention to those Houston bats there and see where that can take you. Uh, let's take a look at your 11 game slate now. And it gets very, very interesting. Um, mentioned game two of two double headers to pay attention to, but you got three pitchers over 10K, actually over 11K. We kick it off with Captain Obvious, Max Scherzer at 13,500 at the Milwaukee Brewers. We saw what Tanner Rourke was able to do, just outstanding stuff. Got the strikeouts, like we said. Milwaukee strikes out a ton. Scherzer strikes out almost 36% of the batters he faces. When it comes to righties, he's striking out 40% or more. I'm not going to go any deeper on this. Scherzer is a great choice if you feel like paying for him. Milwaukee does, if you want to be funny about it, has the third lowest total on the slate. The Mets and the White Sox are lower, well, and we're targeting those pitchers too. But, um, yeah, Milwaukee might run into a homer or two because that's what Scherzer does, preferably solo homers. But Scherzer should have double-digit strikeouts, seven-plus innings, Great choice at 13.5. If you feel like paying up, you can. Like last night, I mentioned I'm staying, you know, in the four digits or below, and it worked out really well. When we get to it, there are options at $9,900 and below. You can build all your lamps with, and I feel just the way I felt last night, which was really good, and it was going great. It really was until, you know, Minnesota and Kansas City blew up the Diamondbacks and the Rockies scored a bunch late, and St. Louis went off. When those three things happened, it cut me down to to less than what could have been, so... You never know. You set yourself up in your positions and you fire. So Scherzer is a very good option if you want to pay up. You Darvish at 12-3 is another good option. Um, his consistency worries me of late. A 13-9, a 6.1 his last two. He's gone five, only 5-6-5. Five, five, five. Those are his innings totals his last three. Giving up 3-3-2. Three, three, and two. Strikeouts have been there, though, except for that BS start against the White Sox. He gets the strikeouts, and that's what you're counting on, especially against a San Diego team. You saw what Kershaw did in limited action. You have uh, Darvish facing the Padres who strike out 25% of the time versus righties. You know, Darvish's K rate, everything's good. Ground ball rates, 40%, low hard contact, so on and so forth. Uh, when you're looking at the Padres, lefties 304, righties 274 off of uh, Darvish. So it's very good. It's funny. Their Woba is still extremely, extremely bad at 304, but their ISO is up to 170. They're like above average ISO, so they're showing a lot more power of late against right-handed pitching. So it allows for some GPP plays with the Padres bats for some home run one-offs. But as a whole, Darvish at um, 12-3 being risky as it is because you don't know how deep he's going to go. Those five and six are innings scare me. I want, when I'm paying this much for a guy, I want six for sure. Give me seven or more. That's what I'm wanting. So Darvish at 12-3, but it's the Padres. That's a great, great matchup. And you're saving 1,200 on Scherzer. Um, Chris Archer at 11-2 is another really, really good option. You know, you're facing the White Sox, depleted team. We say it all the time. Archer's 26-2, 32-5, 26-8. Um, he had a 16 in there, but then a 21-9, another 16-22, This guy has been dynamite. I know it's 11-2, so you want the big boy numbers. You want those 25-pluses. He's faced Chicago once this year, seven innings, five hits, two earned, 11 strikeouts, 30.2 points. He is better at home than on the road. That's been established. But a uh, White Sox team striking out around 23% of the time. Uh, in the last 30 days, Archer is striking out 
34.1% of the batters he's facing. Giving up some, you know, 5.6% of the time he's getting barreled, but he's, he's limiting the damage. He's getting the strikeouts. Ground balls are there. You got a White Sox team with the lowest total at 365. Lefties 307. Righties 295. Archer's in a really, really good spot against the uh, the White Sox tonight. I don't mind him at all. All three guys are solid options tonight. Like Scherzer's my top. I go Scherzer, Archer, um, Darvish, that'd be my order. One, two, three. It depends on how much you want to pay. Even if you want to pay up here, Scherzer's far and away the top. Then I go Archer, Darvish, just Darvish on consistency right now. But he's Darvish literally has the best matchup and ballpark out of the three. So it just matters his just volatility right now out of the three kills me. So Scherzer, Archer, Darvish up top is where I'm heading with your pitching. Now, when you drop down into the 9K range, you got the likes of Brad Peacock at home against that Mets lineup. It's game two of a doubleheader, so maybe it's the B squad. Or when it comes to the Mets, that'd be like the C or the D squad because they already are the B or the C squad, so it depends. 20 or more points in two straight. Um, very, very good stuff from Peacock, as you'd expect. The strikeouts have been there 8-8-9 eight, eight, in his last three. The walks have been controlled for the most part, which is very, very good to see. It's just a matter of you know going deep. They haven't really... His last four starts, 96, 94, 89, 93 on the pitch counts. So i got to keep an eye on that, but he's 9,900. Has the same potential to go the, as far as Darvish. That's what I kind of like about him over Darvish. Mets strike out about 20% of the time. They're striking out more with the youngsters. Give that number time to adjust. But you got Peacock, who on the season striking out 31.4%. In the last 30 days, he's striking out 30%. Like I said, walks are down. Barrels only 4%, which isn't bad. Very low hard contact. Ground ball around 41%. Lots to love here. Second lowest total at 381. Lefties 319. Righties 258 off Peacock. They've gotten rid of a bunch of their lefties, obviously. Conforto's done. Uh, you have Smith at first. Uh, Asdrubal Cabrera. Not much else. Really, there's not much else there to worry about. They have some thump. A lot of that's based on Suspedes and other guys that aren't even there. The offense is just dreadfully depleted right now. Can they get to Peacock? Sure, they're professional batters. Anybody can. But for 9900 bucks, Peacock is in a phenomenal matchup. Easily, easily one of the top options if you don't pay up. The top option for me if you don't pay up, and I'm hoping people kind of noticed what happened uh, his last time out, or two, just two starts prior to his last time out, Aaron Nola, 9600 bucks. 26.2 his last start against Atlanta. He struggled against Miami for 7.7. Somehow the Giants got to him, but prior to that was... One of the best pitchers in baseball at that time. He has been amazing. His transformation to the close to ace they've dreamed of is great. Now, the Marlins have gotten him twice this year. Nine in the third innings, 11 earned, 11 Ks, averaging 5.4 start. He's better at home than on the road. So take your poison there. But he's 9,600 bucks facing a team that strikes out 20.5% of the time. Nola strikes out 25%. Doesn't walk many. Ground ball rate close to 50%. Low hard contact. The list goes on and on. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, lefty's 304, righty's 292. He might get into a little trouble you know, whenever you face a guy like Stanton or Azuna and stuff like that. There's always potential for trouble. But my God, Pavetta shut those guys down. Like if Nola can't do it, that that's just baseball in a nutshell for you. That's the kind of stuff that just makes you go, you got to be kidding me. But it's a great spot for Nola at 96. So I got Nola 1, Peacock 2. Uh, Peacock's at home against a very, very, very bad Mets Team. I just like Nola's upside, Nola's ability to go deeper in games. That's where I go, Nola. Either one, it's like 1A, 1B. Very, very good options. Two very good options if you don't want to pay up. Don't mind it at all.
Let's dip down to the sevens and the eights. Uh, in that same matchup with Nola, you got Dan Straley. A uh, very inconsistent guy, but we're getting him 8,600, which I do like. Uh, he's averaging 15.2 a game. He's faced the Marlins three times this year, 17 and two-thirds. Uh, eight earned 27 strikeouts in 17 and two-thirds. He's averaging 23.4 points a game against the Phillies. The Phillies are a great team to target. They do have some youngsters that can hit, but I said a key word there, youngsters. That's inconsistency at its finest. They strike out 24% of the time right now. It's more with these young kids, but they're striking out a ton. Straley strikes out 22.2% of the batters he faces. Phenomenal swinging strike rate, but he's a fly ball pitcher. With uh, the, all these youngsters have some pop. We've seen Hoskins. We've seen Alfaro, Williams. Uh, you have Rupp, Tommy Joseph, Franco. All these young guys that strike out a ton. Hoskins doesn't strike out a ton, by the way. But these guys that strike out a ton, they do have a lot of thump. So just keep that in mind. But at eighty six hundred bucks, it is very, very, very good upside. Again, Phillies the fourth lowest total at three eight five. Lefties two eighty eight. Righties three twenty two. Australi. So keep Australi in mind tonight. Marcus Stroman at seventy eight. It's a it's a very risky play facing Baltimore. Explosive ballpark. Explosive team. But the wind's blowing in, which is good for one. And there are chances of rain, so he might not even pitch. But he's faced them once this year, seven and two-thirds, five hits, no earned, one walk, eight Ks for 33.7 points. 15-3 is last time out, 4.6 prior, but then a 22 5-3, 23-3, 22-24.4. The upside is always tremendous with Stroman. You just never know what you get, but we're getting him at a discount tonight. That's why the long-winded way of why we're talking about him. When we're, we're used to Stroman in the nines and Five-digit range, 9,000s to five digits. That's what we're used to seeing Stroman as. He's facing a Baltimore team that's, like I said, very, very explosive. They got shut down by Biagini yesterday, and Biagini struck them out a ton. That's why I'm looking at Stroman as well. 22% K rate almost for Baltimore. Uh, Stroman's not the biggest strikeout guy in the world, but when he when he has to, he can. The other thing, a 61% ground ball rate is just insane. That is great. That's one way to help neutralize an offense. Now, it doesn't mean I'll shut them down. No. We've seen Baltimore destroy the best of the best and the worst of the worst. Their offense is very, very good. You never know which one's going to show up, but it's very, very good. They have a total of 484. That's like the seventh best on the slate. Lefty's 315, righty's 307. It's all a GPP play. I would not use them in cash, but GPPs, I do not mind Marcus Stroman at 7,800 bucks at Baltimore. The last guy in this range you're looking at is Carlos Rodon, $7,700 for the Chicago White Sox. Mentioned yesterday, Ronaldo Lopez. Very, very, very big strikeout upside. I know people that might have played him when he gave up that two-run homer in the first. You're like, oh, here we go again. Like I always tell you guys, A, with a punt, they're going to give up runs. If they throw a shutout, awesome. I wasn't even that mad about Flaherty. Five runs suck, but he got the Ks. Didn't destroy you, destroy you. Ronaldo Lopez got the strikeouts, and that's what you can do against Tampa Bay. That's the risk you're taking. And when you're talking strikeouts, Carlos Rodon is your man. Um, he's getting four or more in every start. When he was really, really locked in, um, when he first came back, double digits, 9Ks. He's getting you 15 or more points in almost every game this season. He's averaging 16.5. So he's been outstanding. You got Tampa mentioned, strikes out a ton. Um, Carlos Rodon, Tampa striking out 26.5% of the time. First lefties, Rodon has a 25.7% strikeout rate, walks 10% of the guys. That's not good, but it's not horrific. Like Peacock, he walks 11%, and he's going to cost you 
2200 more. So you got that risk going there. Uh, with Rodon, a 44% ground ball rate. You just got to keep the ball in the park. It's a very good hitter's park. It's Tampa Bay. But a 4-3-5 total is like the lower half of the slate. Lefty's 281, righty's 342. Tampa Bay's a heavy, lefty heavy lineup, but keep an eye on guys like Ramos and, you know, uh, yeah, God, Sousa Jr., stuff like that. Uh, we know Longo loves his lefties. But as a whole, Rodon's a very, very good option tonight at 7700 bucks against the Rays. So in this range, I got Rodon 1, Straley 2, Stroman 3. Down below, the punts aren't as good as I usually like them, but we're going to take some gambles if you're willing to gamble. If not, stay at Rodon to Peacock, and you can still make great lineups. You can even go Rodon. You can go the 7s and 8s and mix with the 5s and still get decent lineups. It's not the best batch you want, but still good GPP options. So those are your options there. But if you wanted to go down and punt some more, especially the max with those five-digit five guys, you got to wait Miley at 6700 bucks. yes. And we've been using him quite a bit lately, so don't just completely clown it. I know it's Toronto. People get terrified of Toronto. But Miley's been very, very good, especially at these price tags. Uh, 15-3, 20.1, a 7-7, but then a 30.2, 13-1, He's been pitching very, very well of late. Facing a Toronto team, which he's faced three times this year, 18 innings pitched, six earned, 16 Ks in those 18 innings. He's averaging 16.9 points a game against the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are not the Blue Jays of old versus left-handed pitching. They've actually struggled. Um, when you look at the Jays, their total is 466. That's just below the halfway mark on the slate. Lefties hit 285 off Miley, righties 363. I will have Josh Donaldson in lineups tonight. There's no questioning that. Steve Pierce, Kevin Pillar, um, Bautista, there's other ones in that lineup that are worth taking. Gamble uh, Smoke might be out, which would be nice, but if he isn't, he loves hitting lefties. It's a gamble, especially in that ballpark. But again, wind blowing in, which is nice. Um, and they strike out 21.5% of the time versus lefties. Miley walks are an issue for Miley, but he's got a ground ball rate close to 51%. Hard contact is low. For a punt play, there are worse punts in your life. So I don't mind Miley at 67. The other punt I'm looking at, and it's, it's risky as well, especially pitching in Milwaukee, but Brandon Woodruff at 5,200 at home. He's averaging 11.3. I'll take that for 5200 bucks right now. Sign me up. I'll leave. Done. At Colorado, 11-7. Against Minnesota, 8-6. At Tampa Bay, 24-9. 4-2-6. Uh, Those are his K totals. The Nationals are scary, but not as scary without Harper. We mentioned it. Nelson was phenomenal. Did have a couple troublesome innings, but he pitched his way out of them. We're looking at Woodruff. The Nats strike out 20.5% of the time. Woodruff has to control the walks, but big ground ball at 38%, or 48%. So... Risk reward, decide what you want to do. Nationals 466 totals right around the middle of the pack. Lefties 334, righties 253. It's very risky, but 5200, it's at least worth looking into. So my punts, Miley 67, Woodruff 52. Recapping your pitching, if you're paying up, you got Scherzer is the clear cut number one. Archer two, Darvish three. Darvish is a good GPP play. This has to get you those innings. In the middle, you got Nola. One, Peacock, two. Like I said, it's like 1A, 1B. Uh, Peacock's probably got the, the better lineup to face. Nola's got the better ballpark and still a very good lineup. So pick your poison there. In the sevens and eights, Rodon, one. Straley, two. Stroman, three. Stroman makes for an interesting GPP play. Then down below, Miley, Woodruff, one and two. Let's break in to your bats on this slate. Uh, you got... 
The likes of, you'll have to see what, who's catching, actually. But Brian McCann versus Seth Lugo. Lugo's getting the night start for the Mets. That's always a, a beautiful thing. Houston has a 5-1-9 total. Lefty's 3-11, righty's 3-14. But Lugo, been rather disastrous for the most part. But then again, I want to preface this now. Pay attention to these doubleheader lineups. It could make guys like Lugo a sneaky punt play if they put out like the B squad because they played all of them in the first game. Keep keep that in mind. Same with like the Dodgers that they run out a bunch of their backups because remember September call-ups, guys. Rosters have expanded. So like if the Dodgers run a bunch of interesting guys out, you got like Jordan Lyles, as bad as he is, he's dirt cheap. Let me get you a quick price tag here. Jordan Lyles is $4,000. So just keep that in mind. If if the Dodgers run out a very bad lineup, even if it's like just mediocre, 4K is not horrible. Jordan Lyles is horrible, so it's still risky. Like Lugo's 5,900, so I'd probably go Woodruff at 52 over Lugo. But just something to think about if you want to be different because no one's going to be on them most likely. As you go down farther, like Jonathan Lucroy and Coors against Corbin at 36. He does like his lefties. Corbin's been outstanding. I was so tempted to use him. I might put him in like one lineup. I hate my Coors pitchers, especially when they're like 8,400. But Corbin has been filthy no matter the ballpark and no matter the lineup he faces. He's been outstanding. But it's Coors. The farther down you go, you got the likes of... Uh, wow. This is not, not good at the catcher's position. You look at... Um, who the hell is pitching? No. Oh, yeah. no, Yeah, Mitch Garver. There's what I was looking for. Mitch Garver of the Minnesota Twins. First base catcher eligible. Right-handed bat. Garcia's making that start for uh, the Royals. I mentioned his name earlier for you. This guy's bad. He's really bad at baseball. He hasn't started. Uh, he's 28 years old. He's replacing Duffy. He hasn't been in the big since 2013. He has a 4.75 ERA, a 1.5 whip, a 69 to 33 K to walk ratio, and 85 and a third innings between Double A and Triple A. 28 year old between Double A AA and Triple A. He's been he's very bad. Lefty, we know Minnesota and their lefty. So Garver could be interesting at 32. You got the likes of say uh, and again we'll have to check lineups with call ups because there's a lot of them that took place. But like a, an Elias Diaz versus Molly is not horrible at 29 for Pittsburgh. Uh, Lobaton versus Woodruff at 29 has got upside there from the left side. Chris Jimenez of the Twins at 2800 bucks. I like him as a nice punt play against Garcia as well. Farther down you go, you got the likes of Wilson Ramos versus Rodon at 27. If you are fading Rodon, Ramos is a very good play, especially at that price tag. That is solid there. You got like a Luke Male for Toronto at 2700 versus Miley as another punt option. If you f- go farther down, you got the likes. Wow, these are just deep now with all these call ups. You got like Bruce Maxwell at 2500 versus Gallardo. We love him as our punt almost every night. I shouldn't have to tell you guys anymore. That's just almost an autoplay. Other than that, check the lineups. There's some interesting names down, down below, but I don't even know if they'll be playing. First base, Goldschmidt at 52 in Coors, yes. Bellinger at 52 versus Lyles is very intriguing, especially if he's in the lineup. He just had, like I told you yesterday, I'm not playing him. I got three points last night. I need to see him heat up. He still hasn't really done much since coming off the DL. I'd rather pay up for Goldie or pay the same price for Goldie or I'll go to Joey Votto versus Jamison Tyon at 51. The Reds were money for me. That's like Scooter, uh, Votto, and, and um, Hamilton. I told you it could be a 1-2-3 little stack. It was beautiful. That's nice when it actually works, but uh, fading tie-on 
Lefty's 335, righty's 315. So the Reds will be in play for me again tonight, except watch the weather. 70% plus chances of rain. Different reports I read say it could scatter when it gets close to Pittsburgh. What time it leaves, it could be a late start, stuff like that. So pay attention there. We're getting later in the year, so they're going to want there's not as much time to schedule double headers. I doubt they want to have a double header on getaway day. So keep an eye on that. But Votto at 51, good play. Hoskins at 46, the reverse splits on Straley. Righties are better than lefties against Straley. Hoskins has cooled down. He hasn't homered in like two or three games, so watch out. Mark Reynolds and Coors at 45 is not bad. Hosmer at 42, don't mind him again. Uh, he had nine points last night at his $4,200 price tag. You're facing Kyle Gibson, who's been really, really good his last two starts. He was an intriguing play to mention, but that wind blowing out to left center, I'm staying away from from, uh, from Kyle Gibson. When you're looking at facing Gibson, lefty's 378, righty's 345. So Hosmer is in play yet again. C.J. Crone, I've mentioned he's got just power off everybody right now. He's 4,200 versus A.J. Griffin. Nine more points last night, averaging nine a game. His last 10, Angels on a 5-5-3 total. That's the highest outside of Coors. I mentioned, um, I mentioned the Angels and Rangers yesterday. I mentioned fading uh, Hamels. It worked out really well. We're going there again against Griffin and Alaska tonight. Those are the next two highest totals outside of, of Coors. Lefty's 378, righty's 322 off A.J. Griffin. So Crone is in play. Joey Gallo, he went deep last night. He's 41 versus Ricky in Alaska. Obviously, Gallo is – that's too cheap in my opinion for Gallo. We know he can strike out four times in a game, but against Alaska, lefty's 317, righty's 356. In that ballpark, it's supposed to be 90 degrees plus at game time. Probably a little humidity in the air. Gallo at 41 is tremendous. First base, third base eligible. Yeah, that's really good. Desmond at 41 and Coors, not bad at all. You got the likes of Josh Bell at 4K versus Molle. I don't mind that. Molle's a good young prospect. He didn't go deep in his last start for Cincy. You'll get Cincy bullpen after that. Pirates are interesting again. Got to watch for weather. But Molle, he'll be good someday. He might be might just take time like Stevenson took. Just got to think about that. As you scroll farther, Albert Pujols is swinging it well. If you want to go there, he's 3,800. He had 24 points last night. He's averaging 10.9 his last 10 games. 24, 36, and then a 2, a 0, a 6, an 8, a 0, a 3, a 5, a 25. So he's had three really, really big games. So if you want to take the gamble, you can. I probably won't. I haven't been on him yet. I don't feel like jumping on him now. Adam Lind at 37 versus Woodruff isn't bad. Lefties do hit Woodruff if they hit him at all. But I'm probably going to look elsewhere just because I want to look for more power-ups. Lind can go deep. just hasn't been doing it consistently. You got a guy like Yonder Alonso at 37 versus Cotton. That's more appealing to me than Adam Lind, especially against a guy like Cotton. But then you go farther down, you got Chris Davis at 36 for Stroman. That's an interesting GPP play. Louis Valbuena, 3,500, first base, third base eligible versus A.J. Griffin. Mentioned how lefties crush A.J. Griffin. I love Valbuena tonight. Love him. Lefties 378. Remember that. Valbuena at 35, big play. Uh, Matt Olson at 35 versus Gallardo is outstanding. I love this. Keep him price cheap. First base outfit eligible. We know that power is legit as legit can be. I will mix and match him all day long. We look at Oakland. Uh, lefty's 341. Righty's 354 off Gallardo. So he is in play. Uh, you can look at Ryan Healy. We mentioned out of righty's at 350 off of him. So 3500 for Healy. The farther down you go, there's going to be options. You've got Kenneth Vargas has a lot of power from the right side versus lefties. He's 3400 if you want to be really, really contrarian. No one owns this guy ever. He's a big. He's like what Gallo was before Gallo figured out how to hit the long ball consistently. 
He was always striking out. He'd have a game here and there when he bomb. When he bombed, that's when he wanted him. So it just depends on what gamble you want to take tonight. If you want to save money, he's there. The farther down you go, you got like I mentioned, Mitch Garver earlier at 32. Dominic Smith at 31. If you want to fade Peacock, not on my list of things to do, but he's there. And then see what else comes out in the lineups. There will usually be some with especially doubleheaders and the September call-ups. So, yeah, these are going to get even more long-winded than normal. I apologize. Second base, you got Altuve at 55, which I do like versus Lugo. But my favorite Brian Dozier against the lefty at 52. Dozier's hitting lefties and righties in another big game last night for 14 more points. But against this Garcia kid, if, if Garcia shuts the Twins down, I'm going to be pissed because this is one of the plays to me on this slate. No one knows who this Garcia guy is unless you're a diligent listener of a podcast like mine or others. You need to attack this guy, the Twins. This is a good, good spot for Minnesota. So he's in play because then also you get to Kansas City defense or, or bullpen early. You got the likes of uh, LeMahieu at 47 and Coors, not bad. Scope's always worth a look at 45. I'm not dying to target him, but he's there. Um, he'll probably go yard now that I said that. You got Robbie Cano at 41 is good. I love Scooter Jeanette again tonight at 4K. Again, watch the weather, but Jeanette's been just money, money. Brandon Phillips, 36 versus Griffin. Sneaky play there because everyone's going to look at the lefties versus Griffin, which I love. We get it, but the righties are still worth a play. Uh, Cesar Hernandez, 36 versus Straley, could be in play as well. Farther down you go, you can look at Descalso and Deep and Coors. If he's in the lineup, you get a Coors bat for 35. It's always worth a look. John Gray's been really good since his return from the DL. So beware, but it is an intriguing play. Like a Chase Utley at 33 versus Lyles. That's a good play, especially if he gets to start in the doubleheader. Ruggie Odor at 32 versus Nalaska. That's criminal pricing. Criminal. Just because of his power upside. Again, just like Gallo could strike out four times. But the power upside of Odor at 3,200, that's a steal. You got Solarte versus Darvish at 31. Um, it's an interesting play. If you want to be a contrarian, because you might get to that bullpen, like I said. And he has also given up homers, especially in the first inning. So beware of that. Other than that, Azuya Hay was up there for the the, Dodd, uh, the Padres as well. And then just check out lineups later. Third base position, Machado 53s usually always in play. Arenado at 51, I love versus Corbin. Josh Donaldson at 49 versus Miley's very, very solid. Jake Lamb at 47, all pretty good plays. Not bad at all. Justin Turner at 46 is not bad either, but Joey Gallo at 41 keeps standing out to me. You can get Alex Bregman even at 41, third base shortstop versus Lugo. Don't mind that. Uh, Eugenio Suarez isn't bad, but Moustakis at 38. I love him. I told you I love the price last night. He went deep. Um, another good spot here against Gibson in this matchup, that wind blowing out to right center. Those lefties are fun to target in this one. So Moustakis is at 38. If you want to fade Rodon, Longo at 37 is not horrible. He's been somewhat quiet of late. He had that really, really hot go there for a while. He's been quiet, but could be intriguing. Brandon Phillips mentioned him at 36. Valbuena at 35. That's another one I love tonight. Love Valbuena. Love the, uh, that whole matchup. Seeley at 30, or Healy at 35. You got Travis Shaw at 34 if you want to be contrarian. Spangenberg at 32, Yomer Sanchez at 3K. These are your super-duper contrarian plays. But like a J.D. Davis with a doubleheader, he might be in the lineup for Game 2. He's a right-handed bat versus Lugo, but for the he's 3K and he likes this to run, he'll steal. He's got some power. 3K is not a bad price tag for him at all. Dietrich at 3K versus Nola isn't horrible. 
Uh, Ryan McCann is back for Colorado. He's 2,800. If he cracks the lineup, I know it's lefty-lefty, so be careful. But if anything, remember that name. He's around. Matt Chapman is 2,400 bucks versus Gallardo. So if you're going to punt, he's there again. Five more points last night. He's 2,500 or below. He's getting you five almost every freaking night. He's averaging 6.8 a game. This price tag baffles me. I just can't figure it out. Darwin Barney at 2K. He's second base, third base eligible against Miley. It's a right-handed option at the dirt cheap price. Um, heading over to shortstop, you got Trey Turner at 55. He's definitely in play. I told you I love this guy. Uh, seven points last night, but he gets on any runs. He stole another base last night. It's, he has 10 steals in his last 10 games. I know those aren't all since he's come back from the DL, but since he's come back 7, 27, 9, and 9, he has a steal in three straight games. <clears throat> The guy runs and runs a lot. Jorge Polanco, he's pissing um, straight uh, PEDs, I think. I'm just joking. But 4700 bucks. he went yard again yesterday. He's in play. Until he cools down, he's in play every single night. Andleton Simmons at 44 and Elvis Andrus at 45, both intriguing. I go Simmons over Andrus, but both are very good plays. Mentioned Bregman earlier. Zach Cozart at 39 is not bad. We love him versus lefties, but still not bad. Again, watch the weather. Uh, Marvin Gonzalez, he's slumping. Outfield shortstop eligible. He's 3,700 versus Lugo if you want to hope he wakes up. As Drupal Cabrera, 36. Don't mind him. Kiki Hernandez, shortstop outfield at 36. But remember him for the early game against the lefty, Richard. Yeah, Trevor Story versus a, a lefty in Coors. He's 35. He had a good game last night, too, 11 points. So if you want to get some Coors cheapies, uh, it's not a bad spot there for Trevor. Um, the farther down you go, you got the likes of Cattell Marte at 3,500 in Coors. Freddie Galvez at 34. That's a nice, nice cheapie. Um, Solarte at 31. I mentioned him already. Ryan Goings, not likely to be in the lineup at 28. Ahmed Rosario, 27. Not a huge fan of that at all, actually. Pretend I never said that. Um, the farther down we look, it gets believed like Miguel Rojas at 21. Hopefully Franklin Barreto gets the call for the A's. He's second base shortstop. He's 2K. Let me see what this negative. Yep, he's back. He got the call. So keep an eye on Barreto. I love this bat. He's tons of power. Facing a pitcher like Gallardo, who we mentioned, right? He's hit just fine. Barreto at 2K could be a steal tonight. He might go over, but he's a steal. He's second base shortstop, so he gives you versatility at two positions. So keep an eye on Barreto. Again, these September call-ups, it's going to take a few days to figure out who's going to get used, who's just there. But these are going to be fun, fun plays, and that's where we get tons of value coming up. That if people aren't paying attention, listening to this and other stuff is going to be huge for you. Going to the outfield, you got Stanton at 5,700, Trout at 55. Trout did it again last night. I'm telling you guys, you got to play Trout like every freaking night if you can. He had 19 more points last night. He's averaging almost 12 a game for crying out loud. That's how good he is. It's just play Mike Trout. So after Trout, Stanton's it, always in play, but Nola's a tough matchup. But he had a home run in a day or two, so he's probably going to today because he's Stanton. But Trout up top, clear. Uh, you got Blackman and Coors at 53. is not bad. I don't know if he'll probably homer today, but I don't know how much Blackman I'll have. I, I really respect Corbin. I really, really do. He's due for a blow-up, but I really respect his arm. So I'm not going to go full bore in that one, I don't think. I'm going to definitely, you can't fade Coors completely, but if you're only making a lineup or two, I don't hate it. Corbin and Gray are really, really good pitchers. So that means it's probably going to be like a 14-12 to final, but that's baseball. 
Uh, Springer at 49, J.D. Martinez at 49, and Coors. Cruz at 48, all interesting plays. I like Granderson at 48. I don't like to pay that much for him usually, but against Lyles, that's a good matchup if he's in the lineup. Eddie Rosario has been hitting lefties even in his hot spell. He's 47 versus Garcia. I don't hate Rosario here. It's not ideal, but I don't hate it. You, know, you got Reese Hoskins at 46 with the reverse splits versus Straley. Adam Jones at 44. He should be well-rested. He got tossed after a strikeout on the first yesterday, so he's good to go for you. You got Shinsu Chu. Love him at 44. He had a nice night last night. 25 points as he went yard. Uh, he's averaging 11.2 his last 10. So Chu at 44 is very, very much in play against Alaska. You scroll some more. I like got Chris Taylor at 44 versus Lyles. Isn't horrible. Love me some Reddick at 43 versus Lugo. That's a good one. Peralta at 43 versus Gray is intriguing. Justin Upton versus Griffin at 42 is very, very much in play. Very much in play. Uh, Kepler at 41, not ideal lefty-lefty, but he's there because I think you're going to get that bullpen early if you want to gamble. Uh, Kiermaier at 41 versus Rodon. K with the Chris Davis at 41 versus Gallardo. I do like that. Steven Souza versus Rodon at 4K. Billy Hamilton at 4K versus Tyon. Very nice play there. Joyce at 39 is not horrible against Gallardo. Cameron Mabin might be in the lineup tonight for the Astros. Keep an eye on that at 3,900. Got Nomar Mazzara at 38. That's a nice piece of value in that ballpark. 12 points for himself last night. You know, that power upside is legit. Let's keep him in mind. Mitch and Adam Lind is a possibility earlier. Carlos Gomez at 37 at home against Nolasco is always in play. The farther down you go, like Scott Shebler at 36 versus Tyon. If that game gets in with lefties versus Tyon, a real thing. Shebler. 10 points on average his last 10 games. Good lefty power bat versus Tyon in that one. Melky Cabrera, 3,500 versus Gibson. He finally had a big night last night, 20 points. Two for uh, two doubles, four for five. So Melkman, maybe he's heating back up. Good play versus Gibson at 3,500. Like that. Uh, Joey Bats at 35 versus Miley if you want to go that direction. Delano the Shields Jr. We prefer him versus lefties over righties, but he's 3,500 and he's been swinging it well. If he's in the top of the order, he's a good play. Matt Olson at 35, we do like him. Like Chris Herman, Descalso, uh, and Coors, 3,500 each, not bad at all. Kevin Pillar at 34, if you need to go there. Ben Revere at 34, leading off versus Griffin, I do like that. He wasn't leading off last night, just make sure he's leading off. If he's not leading off, definitely lowers the appeal. A guy like Ben Gamble at 34 is a nice punt play versus Cotton. Manny Margot and Perella, both 33 versus Darvish. Boog Powell, 32 versus Gallardo. I don't mind that at all, especially if he's leading off. Need him leading off. That's the key to a lot of these leadoff guys, the non not-so-powerful guys. They're very good plays, but they have to be leading off. Steve Pierce is only 3K versus Wade Miley. That's a phenomenal punt play if you're going to punt and not use Miley. That's a really good punt play. Uh, Carlos Gonzalez, 3K versus Corbin in Coors. That is ridiculous. Nick Williams, only 2,900 versus Straley. If you're not using Straley, that's a good punt. Uh, here's one I wanted to see. I saw he was in the lineup last night. He was a part of the trade for Francisco Liriano from Houston. Teoscar Hernandez is a stud prospect. I watched him in Fresno. This guy has power and some speed. He went one for four with a double last night for seven points. Toronto has called him up a part of their call-ups. Good right-handed bat versus Miley. Uh, he's twenty-eight hundred bucks. So keep an eye on Teoscar Hernandez. That's a very decent punt play there. Uh, like Derek Fisher at twenty-eight hundred versus Lugo. I know he's cooled off tremendously, but that has some really nice upside. 
Uh, depends if he's on the day slate or the night slate. I'm guessing the night slate being left-handed. He made his debut last night, 0-3 with a walk. Facing Jordan Lyles, that should increase him. Alex Verdugo is 2800 bucks for the Dodgers. So right now you can go Hernandez and Verdugo, two $2,800 outfielders. We usually like to pay up for outfielders because there's a ton of talent here. But if you want to be super contrarian, you just want one punt or two punts, both these guys can be very nice plays. They're, they're rookies, so they could be zeros, but they're in really good matchups, and they have tons of potential. What they've done, they're legit hitters, so keep an eye on those two. Andre Ethier's back. I, I'm not an Ethier guy, but 2700 bucks Again, versus a pitcher like Jordan Lyles, you can't just ignore. Drew Robinson, second base outfield for Texas at 26 versus Nolasco. Is not a bad punt as well. Uh, he's left-handed, so that's not where we're going with that. I'm trying to see if I if any of these other guys stand out without looking at lineups later for you in case I get busy. But most of these guys are in any lineups, it looks like. Because Alex Gordon's 24. He's, God, he's been, I'd rather pay for those other guys if I had my choices. As we scroll down, please forgive me. We're almost there. Almost there. Told you there's just a ton of names now with all of these call-ups. That looks like it's it for now. We'll see what comes out on lineups. There'll probably be more because they have till Monday to call all their guys up. They want to call when they expand their rosters. So keep an eye on all of that. So there you go. There's your bats. You're pitching again for your 11-game main slate. Scherzer, Archer, Darvish up top. Nola Peacock, like 1A, 1B. Rodon, Straley, Stroman in the middle. These are in order, remember? And then Miley Woodruff down below. Let's look at your BVP before we head on out of here. Um... For Red Sox, Yankees, Gary Sanchez, 6 for 15 with a double and three home runs off Pomeranz. Didi Gregorius, 8 for 19 with a homer. Gardner, 8 for 23 with a double and a homer. Headley, 6 for 22 doubles. Uh, Holiday, oh, Holiday's not around, but they like him. Hanley Ramirez, 5 for 21, a 238 average, but two homers off Tanaka. Most of these guys have bad averages, but Ramirez, Moreland, Pedroia, Benintendi, Betts, and Bogarts have all taken him deep, but... Most aren't hitting over 300. As we go farther down the list, you got Freddie Freeman, 5 for 17 with a triple and a homer off Lester. Kurt Suzuki, who I mentioned earlier, 7 for 23 with a home run. Austin Barnes, 5 for 9 with two doubles and a homer off Clayton Richard. Justin Turner, 8 for 17 with a double and a homer. Like Forsyth is 4 for 7. Bellinger, 4 for 7. Gonzalez, 11 for 20. Puig, 4 for 11 with a double and a homer. Lots of success here. Posey, 4 for 8 with a homer off Lance Lynn. Melky Cabrera, or Miguel Cabrera, sorry. Cleveland and Detroit wasn't on either slate, so don't even worry about that. Toronto, Baltimore. Got, like, Ryan Flaherty's taking him deep. Pedro Alvarez, Manny Machado. All options. Uh, Steve Pierce, told you I love that 3K play. 7 for 17 lifetime with two homers off of Miley. Smokes, 5 for 14, two homers. Donaldson's gone deep twice. Bautista deep twice, all off of Miley, all in play. Uh, Jose Peraza, 8 for 11, two doubles off Tyon. Winker's taking him deep. Hamilton, 5 for 14 with a double and two homers. Adam Duvall, 6 for 16, two doubles, two homers. Jeanette, 7 for 18, three doubles. Yeah, the Reds are very much in play again tonight if the weather's permitting. So if you want to take a GPP gamble, there you go. Garcia, Abasil Garcia, 4 for 11, the double on a homer off Archer. Saladina, Garcia, Yolmer Sanchez, and Obreu. Obreu, if he's playing, all have homered off Archer. Yolmer Sanchez, deep. 4 for 13 with two homers. Evan Longoria, 2 for 3, the double on a homer off Rodon. Travis Shaw and Broxton, both 1 for 1 with a homer off Scherzer. 
Uh, Eric Sogard, four for 11, two doubles. Walker's taking him deep three times. He's batting a buck 82. Okay. If Drew Brutera is catching for Kansas City, six for eight with a homer off Kyle Gibson. Paulo Orlando, six for 11, two doubles. Moustakis, this is one of them. Nine for 26, two doubles and a homer. Even Alex Gordon, 10 for 32, two doubles and a homer, but he's been playing so bad. I'll see this Escobar, 12 for 36 with two doubles. Hosmer, 9 for 35 with three doubles. Salvador Perez has even taken him deep twice. Giancarlo, 3 for 6 with a double and a homer off Nola. Azuna, 4 for 13 with a homer. Tons of small samples, but they're interesting. Hoskins, 1 for 3 with a homer off Straley. Franco's 4 for 9. Adrian Beltre is not playing, so don't worry about him. He's out like four weeks, if not the rest of the year. Carlos Gomez, 5 for 14, two homers off Nolasco. Ordor, 4 for 10, a homer. Anders, 3 for 10, a homer. Nomar Mazar is taking him deep. Chu, 4 for 12. Good numbers there. Trout, of course, three homers off of A.J. Griffin. Uh, Luke Roy, 2 for 6 with a homer off Corbin. Or no, Trevor Story, 2 for 6 with a homer off Corbin. Luke Roy, 6 for 10 with a double. LeMahieu, 12 for 33, two triples, two homers. Uh, Mark Reynolds has two homers. Blackman's got a homer. Desmond, Cargo, and Nolan Arenado all homered off of Corbin. As you scroll some more, you got Nelson Cruz, three for six, two homers off Cotton. Robbie Cano, five for nine, two homers off Cotton. Kyle Seeger's even taken him deep, which does not build well for Cotton. K with the Chris Davis has two homers off Gallardo. Khan has taken him deep. Joyce has taken him deep. Eric Ivar, 10 for 29, two doubles, two homers off you, Darvish. There's your. Random BVP. Austin Barnes, he had success off Richards and off Lyles. Off Lyles, 4 for 4 with a double and a triple. Corey Seager's not playing. Puig, 5 for 12 with a double and a homer. Utley, who I mentioned is interesting, 6 for 13, two doubles. Grandal's got two doubles. Good things to look at there. There's your BVP. There's your MLB DFS Quick Hits. Check us out, thesportsdgens.com, at thesportsdgens. That UFC one, Fight Night 115 starts this morning. Uh, get Doc's preview on that one. You got NASCAR starting up tomorrow in Darlington, the Bojangles Southern 500. Uh, Josh has your preview there. We have Bench with Bubba's. You have Game of Thrones recaps. We have a good college football week one, NFL, Indians, Legalized Sports Betting with Adam Burke, episode 53. Episodes 48 through 51, all great fantasy football draft help. IDPs to everything, all there. Matt Modica, Mike Wollert, Bob Lung, Bucks, all on that stuff. Check out... The two-point conversion GPP strategy pod. That's the first in the, the line of GP, NFL DFS podcast we will be having for you. Check out Around the Bases. Check out Doc's Saturday Edge Week 1 preview to get you ready for the big Saturday of college football and the Sunday and Monday. Tons going on. Check it all out. Hit me up on Twitter at BDNTrick with any questions you may have. But more importantly, good luck on your Saturday action. Five-game early, 11-game late. Enjoy your weekend, uh, your holiday weekend. Be safe. I'll get with you guys on Monday. Until then, I'm out.